The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel offers a casual line of superb fit, finish, and comfort. We design for those who refuse to die slowly and choose to live untamed. For those who aren't afraid to face the dark, for the ones that thrive in it, and for those who can appreciate life through a grim lens. That's Reaper Apparel Company. Go to the link in the description of this episode, use the promo code Mike Bono, and get 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, I have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, water bottles, notebooks, you name it, I've got it. The description and the link for that will be in the description of this episode. Also, right now, if you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase. That's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Also, the Rod Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Tactical Brotherhood. All-American-made apparel, which helps support the Second Amendment. You can also find all this in the description of this episode with the link, Tactical Brotherhood. Part of every proceed does go to helping veterans, as it is a very good cause. All American-made products made right here in Minnesota. Go and check them out. Use the promo code PATRIOT15 to get 15% off your purchase. Now, let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. This is, as always, your host, Mike Bono. I have a great episode for us today, but just to remind everybody, keep in mind the sponsors at the bottom of the show here and in the link, uh, Reaper Apparel, Core Health Benefits, and my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. All those links are in the description. Go there, check them all out. Uh, my guest today uh, is originally from Lowville, Ohio. He is at YSU, and we're going to get into a lot of it. Colin, Big Country Pope, joins the show. Colin, thanks for joining, my man. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me on. Hey, not a problem. First and foremost, I got to know, wh- where did the nickname Big Country come from? Uh, so, I guess you could say in, in my younger days, I uh, I used to hang around with a different crowd and kind of uh if you uh you picture just like your typical uh typical redneck dude in high school that was that was me so okay <laughs> i kind of figured that's where it was going but you know i i had to ask uh because we, we had a, a guy uh with my high school that had the nickname big country and he was you know growing up in west virginia you figured everybody could have that nickname you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> so uh, just had to know, uh, but so you, uh, I believe right now are currently in the paving business, correct? That's right. Okay. So how did you get into that? And, you know, take me a little bit of through what that's like for you. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, growing up, um, when I was 16 and 17, I worked with my dad on the road department at my township where I grew up and, um, uh, Ever since then, I kind of knew like that was sort of what I wanted to get into um, for the rest of my life, basically. Okay. <laughs> so I uh, I did that, and then um, going through 
high school, I work in the summertime for uh, a paving contractor. Um, just like it's like a summer job, just laboring. Um, and then once I got to college, I actually ended up getting an internship with a company, uh, the company that I'm at right now. Um, and it just worked out to where they ended up hiring me uh, when I graduated. So, uh, well, hey, can't beat that. Always good to have those internships that turn into to future careers and everything, especially if it's something that you want to do. And it's not having to go through the job hunt was like the biggest blessing I could have ever got. So well, I, I hear <laughs> I hear you on that. As somebody who is uh, you know a comedian, they, basically every day is a job interview for me with trying to get shows and everything lined up with with that. So as somebody goes through that on a daily basis, I I applaud you for not having to go through that. I I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, it shows, I mean, everyone, you know, that, you know, uses the excuse right now. Um, oh, well, you know, with COVID and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, that was two years ago. Like, let's just it's, say it, no. It, just tell me no. I'm okay with the word no. Like, I've heard it my entire life. It's just, fine. Just lay it out for me. Yeah. Just say you're not our style of comedian, but thanks for the offer. Okay, cool. Thanks for your time. Bye. Like, that's how that conversation would go. But, you know, like I said, you did go to Youngstown State University. Uh, what did you major in when you were at uh, at Youngstown? So I actually went in undecided. Um, I took the uh, I took the five-year path like a lot of other people. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I was there for the I was there for the bonus round. Yeah, I did um, a victory lap myself. I get it. <laughs> so uh, I went in undecided, and then I, uh, I at first I ended up um, in the civil engineering program, and it took like two months in that program before I realized, man, this is not what I'm cut out to do. I'm not on the same level as a lot of these guys that are in here. So um, I transferred out of there and I actually went into, um, we have a civil engineering technology program at YSU. Uh, it's a lot more hands-on and a lot less theoretical, which was perfect for me. I mean, I, it made so much more sense than what I was learning in the other program. And that's what I ended up getting my degree in. So I, I again can relate when I was at Bethany college, I went in as a business major and after uh, my first semester, my sophomore year, my advisor comes up to me and was like, hey, Mike, so uh, basically at this point in time, you have two options. Uh, one, you can stay with the business track and you'll probably fail out of college or you can change your major and basically start over. What, what do you what do you think? I was like, I like that second option. I'm paying a lot of money to come here. Uh, <laughs> let's go with that second option. So it definitely know, sounds like the better better out. Yeah, and I, you know, I tell everybody I, I say this I think on every show, but you know, you don't become a comedian when you're book smart. You know what I mean? Like you don't. <laughs> that's not a career path for people that are like doctors and lawyers. You know, <laughs> like so. Uh, which hey, I, have a, I have a feeling there's a small group of people that are book smart that can manage to make people laugh. So. Well, yeah, there, there are. It's, it's a very small population. I, I have a buddy who's actually a lawyer in, in West Virginia, and 
one of my best friends in high school and you know he makes me laugh on a daily basis and it's just like dude how can you be that smart and this funny like that's not fair like i'm not smart but i'm i'd like to think i'm pretty hysterical you know what i mean like that's <laughs> that's kind of where i'm at um and you know i guess we'll talk about this uh mainly because uh Johnny was your assistant coach at Lowville when you play football there, an offensive lineman. I guess uh, having the nickname Big Country, you were, uh, off, offensive lineman was kind of the, the the path you were at. So what was it like playing for for Johnny? I got to know. Yeah, so I, I didn't really get a whole lot. Um, of direct time with Johnny because he was more with the uh, with the passing guys and the the skilled guys in the backfield there. Um, but I did he did help out with some of our uh, strength and conditioning, and uh, he was there on game day and everything. So um, even though he wasn't really directly my coach, he was still one of the uh, one of the guys out there in the thick of it. So uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. I mean, he always brought. 110% energy every time, even to practice games, it didn't matter. He was always 100%. I would say 110%. That sounds like a light day for my man, Fitty. Like, he <laughs> he goes Maybe. about 200 miles an hour from the time his eyes open till this time. Yeah, 100%, 100% might be when he's sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, you I mean, you, you did track there, and I believe you broke a 50-year-old school record for the discus. Is that correct? Yeah, so um, Johnny was the head throwing coach at Lobo while I was there. Um, and with his help and a lot of uh, just time spent and determination, I did end up breaking our school record for the discus. Um, and it was set back in 1962, I believe. So it was it was a pretty old one. That's, that, that's a good one to break. I... I, I came close to breaking, you know, school records. I was a swimmer in college and everything. And Bethany had a probably about, I can't remember the year, but it was, it was, a at least a 30 year old record for the, uh, for the hunter backstroke. And had I not injured my shoulder in the middle of this race, I mean, I would have, I would have crushed the record. So, I mean, I know what it felt like for me getting close. Take me through the, the, day and the, the exact time when you realize I just broke this record. We'll be back after a quick break. Big labia energy. What if I eat a little cheese every day? <laughs> just keep it. It's like I have a tolerance. Yeah, for cheese. Good Same job with cats. Your tolerance. Like if I pet a cat every day for the first week or two. I you say if I eat a cat a little bit every day, <laughs> starting at the tail and just ate a little bit, then I'd be fine. But if I didn't eat a cat for three months. I would totally start at the face. Why yeah. would you start at the tail? If someone put a gun to my head and said, eat this cat. I'm trying to think of We're an acceptable scenario. About a feline, right? <laughs> oh, did you think I was talking about pussy? Maybe it could go there. I don't want to eat a cat. I want to eat a pussy. <laughs> Yeah, so the the meet that we actually were at that day, um, it wasn't even a real like high key meet. It was uh, it was the Western Reserve Invitational or Western Reserve Relays, um, 
which is just like one of those meets that you the team got invited to. So we went and we were just going to have a good time. Um, it didn't really, I mean, it counted towards our regular season, but it wasn't like a county meet or anything like that. Um, so we show up and it's, you know, track season for us usually takes place in the springtime. So it's cold, it's wet, it's not very conducive to uh, wow. proper athletics. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, we show up and it's... Uh, it's in the morning, so it's still pretty cold. Uh, everybody's there warming up. And I remember getting into the uh, the discus ring there. And I'd never been at this field before. It was all brand new to me. Um, and I get in, and I'm waiting for the uh, the judge there to tell me, you know, go ahead and make your attempt. And I go ahead and I go through my motions, and I chuck this discus and I'm watching it fly and it's wobbling as it's going through the air. And I'm like, Oh man, that's, that's not going to be a very good one. Um, but I, I finished my, finished my form and I'm standing there in the ring, um, waiting for the judge to yell out Mark so I can get out. And, uh, I remember Falcone must have known something I didn't know because he's, he's, he's like, don't you step on that ring. He's like, watch where your feet are. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I get out and I'm, we're standing there together and we're waiting for them judges uh, to measure. And they got this kid out there with this measuring tape. And uh, he go ahead, he went and read the number and I don't remember what it was like. I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of like 160 to 170 ish feet, which is way out there. Um, wow. And I remember looking at Johnny and I'm like, Oh my God. Like I hadn't, I had no idea that that was going to end up being that good. And I'm just sitting there dumbstruck and he's like, it's like someone lit a fire under his feet, man. He was like just ecstatic. And I'm like standing there. I can't even, I can't even process what's happening right now. And he's just like flipping out. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it's hard to tell when he's flipping out though. You know what I mean? Like, he, cause he's always got that energy about him. But I could, as you were telling that story, I could visualize him just jumping, yelling at you about your feet. And, you know, I can, I, I can see that in my mind, just him knowing him for as long as I've known him, it's yeah, that's a hundred percent fitty as I as I know him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but it was it was super cool, man. I, I'll never forget that whole that whole day because it was just wild. Yeah, I mean, I still remember. I mean, I I graduated from Bethany back in two thousand and twelve, and when. I I was a sophomore when I came close to breaking that backstroke record, and I still remember that day like it was yesterday. Um, and I just remember getting out of the pool and taking my goggles off, setting them down, and I took my cap off and I threw it so hard away from me because I was so mad because I knew because I knew the pace I was on just. Yeah. That I, I was, it was going to be something special. And lo and behold, I felt the pop in my shoulder halfway through the race. I still finished the race, but 
I got out. I threw my cap so hard that it stuck to the wall. And I just sat down. I didn't even dry myself off. And I just sat there with my head down. I remember my coach coming up to me, Coach McGowan. And he was like, hey, you want to know what your time was? I was like, hey, get the hell away from me right now. Like, that's I don't want to talk about that race right now. Like, it, I'm still wet, Coach. Like, let's not, <laughs> let's, let's not yeah, talk I'm about that. I'm not that. in the mood. Let's not talk <laughs> about that right now. My shoulder is 100% out of place right now. Like, I, I really don't. Not not in the mood. He goes, you know, if you wouldn't have slowed down and had that crappy turn on that last turn, you would have broke the backstroke record by a full second. I was like, you're telling me that you think now now is the best time to tell me this? Like, cool. And not only the worst part about that was is my event, that event was the last event before the diving portion. So I couldn't even be like, all right, well, I got to get back in the water soon anyways. The next event, we'll just get that out of my mind. I had an hour to sit and stew over. Just festering. Just festering to the point where I got up during the diving portion and I just walked away from my team. And I went and sat in the stands with my parents who were there at the time. And again, my dad being the typical sports dad and the Italian dad, he goes, what happened with that hunter backstroke? <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let me tell you. Yeah, let, let me tell you that my shoulder is out of place. And uh yeah, it popped out in the middle of that race. But yeah, let's let's keep talking about it. That this is this is so much fun for me right now to keep talking about this race that I almost broke the backstroke record. But you know what I'm over it, you know, whatever. So you know, <laughs> but uh uh so lo and behold, you know, you break the the school's discus record and you know you had to go on a lot of recruiting trips after this i would imagine and johnny was with you on these recruiting trips so what was your recruiting process like from high school into college yeah so um basically during that whole season um johnny was setting up these these visits to all these different colleges um and i mean we we covered all of Western Pennsylvania, it felt like from, you know, north to south, we were, we were all over the map. Uh, but he would set up these visits and it would be me, usually me and another guy or me and another couple guys. We would go, um, we would go, we, we tour the school. Um, and then we would go and we'd meet with like the athletic directors or the coaches of the football and track team. And we would just have a sit down and talk about, basically what we, what we were thinking, what we were trying to get into and, um, what we thought our future would hold. So yeah, it was, it was really neat. I, I'm very thankful for those opportunities that I had with Johnny. Cause I don't know if I would have been able to get those for myself. So. Yeah. I mean, Johnny for, for, you know, Lack of a better term, when he sets his mind to something, I mean, he gives it, like you said, uh, 150% every time. You know, when when we brought him on here uh, to the podcast, I mean, just the the growth of the show in the past two years has been uh, amazing. And I I know I can't thank him enough. I, I thank him every time, you know, I see him and we talk, which is literally every day. Uh, but you know, and I, I just, I, I know what that was like, what he did for my show. So I can only imagine when he has, 
just you and them, you know, to worry about what that was like. But going on those visits, uh, I imagine you guys were in the car for a while. Um, do you have any fun stories on the recruiting trip with, with Fiddy? Anything happen that, uh, you can remember and, or, uh, that you think would be fun? I always love a good Fiddy story. I just remember it was our, cause we went to Bethany a few times. Um, and I remember the, the first time we were going down to Bethany, it was me and, uh, another guy and I, I'd never been down you know, anywhere close to Bethany before. So I remember we, we pull up to the high school and uh, Johnny pulls up in that Corolla that he was driving. He's still driving, it, by the way. Yeah, he's, still, he's, still, driving he's still driving that Corolla. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, uh, if he told you, but I'm like, uh, I'm not built for Corollas. No. So. <laughs> no, at that time I was, I was six, four, 250 pounds that that's not conducive for uh sitting anywhere not even in the front seat of a corolla no no it's not (laughs) but uh yeah so we pile in and we're headed down um he's he's taking us down there and i remember just looking around and i'm thinking i'm like where is this dude taking us right now we're in the middle of nowhere just headed south and uh we remember we pulled into town and he's pointing out all these, all these spots. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go, you guys got to check out this bar over here and this place over here. We got to go visit this. And I'm just like, all right, let's, let's get, let me show me the school first and then we will get to the nightlife. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know the drive you're talking about. I mean, I made it a, a million times. I grew up about 20 minutes away from Bethany College in West Virginia. So most of the places he was showing you, I mean, it was probably in my hometown. Uh, yeah. And I know once you hit that like six mile stretch where it's just trees on both sides of you in a windy road. When oh, yes. I was taking my visit to Bethany College, I was just like, is this wrong turn? Like, where are we? <laughs> what are we doing, people? Like, wh- Yeah, like, we're, we're getting into some Final Destination type and, deal here. <laughs> yeah, and then you just come around that bend, and lo and behold, there's the college right there. And I, I always loved it because we always made the joke when we were there. They were like, all right, we're going to make college so that kids, you know, won't have the temptation to – drink have sex or or do do drugs and then they put a college in the middle of nowhere where the only things to do was to drink have sex and do drugs you know what i mean like that's just oh yeah that's a perfect storm right there it's just i we always made that joke like every party we were at it's like oh yeah we'll never drink out here in the middle of nowhere west virginia (laughs) like this not like it's the perfect place to throw a kegger or anything no yeah i didn't have any of those when i was there ever (laughs) Uh, yeah, <laughs> my fair share, uh, of those. So we obviously got into like, you know, the, the post, um, football and track, everything like that. And, you know, the, the recruiting tour and everything like that. And the, the scary Bethany college. Um, so, you know, why did you land at YSU? Was it mainly the, the programs they had there? Yeah. So I actually, I got a pretty unique situation. My uh, my mom ended up landing a job at YSU, um, right okay. like right when I was getting ready to finish high school. And uh, at YSU, if you have a parent that is on 
um, employed at YSU, you get a remission on your tuition. So I ended up being able to go to school for basically nothing. Um, And that was, that was kind of a no brainer when it came to figuring out where I was going to go. Cause I, I tried to go all these different places for athletics, but it just ended up being where none of them, even with the scholarships they offered and everything, they, they couldn't even get close to what I would be paying if I went to YSU. So it kind of uh, made the decision for itself. I, I get that a hundred percent. You know, the reason I landed at Bethany college was uh, swimming. They, they gave me a swimming scholarship and, were the only ones to keep their scholarship. I did have a bunch of offers all over the place. Uh, WVU was one of them, and that was you know my dream school to go to, and to be able to swim for them was going to be amazing. However, I thought playing football my senior year of uh, high school was a good idea and hurt my shoulder and had to miss my senior year of swimming. And Bethany was the only one that kept their scholarship. So I, I went where the money was. I, 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 I get that decision a hundred percent. That is literally the only reason I went to Bethany was the swim. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a bummer, you know, but you just, sometimes you gotta, you gotta make the brain decision and not the heart decision. So oh, absolutely. Cause you know, me and, my buddy, who who's a lawyer, we had been talking about it all through high school because he was going to WVU. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm about to go there too. Like, we'll, we'll room together. Like, we got we had this all planned out. And then I was like, hey, not going to WVU anymore, <laughs> bro. Like, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, but you also um, want to get into this a little bit. Back in May of 21 – actually just got married you know basically in the middle of the pandemic so first off congratulations on on that uh so what was that like trying to plan a wedding in the middle of a pandemic oh i i tell you what i i give my wife so much credit because that was probably one of the most difficult things i've seen anybody attempt to do was to try and coordinate all that while people are still trying to follow all their their uh covid protocols so it was it was fairly difficult, um, which is why I tried to have as little to do with it as possible. Because <laughs> but uh, no, I she, feel like even, really... I, even without a pandemic, the man should just stay out of planning a wedding. I, I feel like if you want things to go the, the way that you expect them to go, you should not have your husband do much of anything when it comes to <laughs> the wedding plans. I, <laughs> uh, uh, yep. Yep. I live by the old adage and she'll probably chime in cause she's right here. Um, happy wife, happy life. And I live by that to this day and I still do. And I think we're doing all right. I think we're fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely some truth to that for sure. And also, I mean, she's she's shocked with how easygoing I am. And I know for the the people that listen to this show all the time, and it is the rant podcast, and I'm known as the angry white comic. This might not go off well. Um, 
But I'm a very easygoing guy when I'm not on stage or, you know, or doing that. And she was like, well, how are you this easygoing? I was like, well, I grew up with two sisters and a mom. So basically a house full of women. Um, <laughs> yeah, just whatever you guys want. It's fine. Yeah, let's go with that. That if you're happy, thrilled. We're we're fixing up a house right now currently. And she she's asking my opinion. Well, what do you think of this? Well, do you like it? Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. Let's do it. Let's, it's just, just, yeah, we actually, uh, we actually just, uh, we got the keys to our house that we just bought today. So um, we're just about to start that that process that you're in the middle of. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't envy you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We have a complete fixer upper. So it's it and it, I'll tell you this: if there's any wallpaper. Either leave it or just paint over it because I spent two and a half weeks peeling seven layers of wallpaper off of this house and every room and the ceilings. And I hate wallpaper. That, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> it's, I, I don't mean to burst your bubble because you just bought the house and I know the excitement of just getting the house and everything. But yeah, if there's wallpaper, just paint over it. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't. Luckily, I, I don't think I'm going to have any issues like that. Um, no, no wallpaper in the the people that own this house. Um, it's it was one owner, and it was the same owner from when the house was built in 1964. So we got really lucky, and they yeah. took really good care of that place. Wow. So there's we're not going to have a whole lot to do. Uh, and you're you're in luck, man. Uh, good good for you. Congratulations on that too, as well. Um, Thank you. But we are running down near the end of the episode, so I do have to get this segment in. Otherwise, Johnny will throw a fit. But it is the Fast Fitty Five. Five random questions from the wonderful manager of the podcast, Johnny Fitty Falcone. These are kind of rapid fire, uh, but you can elaborate if you need to. And he sent these to me literally 10 minutes before we jumped on here to record. So we're going to be reading these together. Uh, so if you're ready, uh, we can get started. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. All right. If if you could go back and pick a college to go to for throwing in track, which school would you have attended? Uh, probably Allegheny College up in Meadville, Pennsylvania. Um, I remember when we went up to that one, that was like, my favorite school that out of all the ones we had visited and it, it was just so cool and the the people and the culture there it was just awesome so it would definitely have to be that one all right is applebee's overrated or underrated uh totally overrated overrated okay not where i i I, I don't think i i couldn't even tell you the last time i was in an applebee's to be honest with you uh I, I I would love to argue with you on that one. Um, <laughs> I love Applebee's, though. I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> I, I literally don't know if I've even been in one in the last 10 years. So. All right. Which is a better town to hang out in? Willoughby or Churgan Falls? Oh, Chagrin. Chagrin, yeah. yeah. I'm reading people. I'm, I'm I, again comedian he's making me read <laughs> i should have known this question was going to come up um 
I I have to go with Willoughby. I, I think it's just, I mean, both towns are great, and we, we've definitely hung out in both, but Willoughby, man, there's just something about that town. I, I could see why it was uh, it was so attractive for, uh, for Johnny to be there, so. All right, question number four. Is Walgreens or Rite Aid a better store? Um, I... I'm gonna have to go with Walgreens. That's 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 my go-to. So, okay, I, I don't have a shooting game on either one of those. <laughs> so it's <laughs> right. last question. And oh, Lord, which is the better food, barbecue or Italian? Oh, so I'm gonna catch a lot of heat for this probably, but I uh, I married an Italian lady, and she does a lot of her own home cooking and i tell you what man i can't get enough of that stuff that's that's why i look the way that i do because i can't get enough of the pastas and the breads and everything else so i gotta go with italian food good answer because you're on a show ran by two paisans so (laughs) i don't want to get waxed I was like, oh, no, why Finney put this in here, and I'm hoping he picks the right answer, but it's, <laughs> I get it. Uh, it's, yeah, you can't go wrong with Italian food. I, I am the Italian in my uh, marriage. My wife actually hates cooking the, the pasta in that because she's afraid because I grew up with a family recipe that was passed down from my great grandmother who was right off the boat from Italy for her sauce and everything. So she's like, I hate cooking Italian for you. I was like, well, I get it. I grew up in an Italian family. I don't try to compete with that, but yeah. it's still good. Like I'll still eat it. It's, it's not like I'm, I'm and I'll tell you if it's bad. We will, we'll tell you if, if the food's bad. That's one thing. Yeah, the bar may bar may be set high, but there's there's no problem with trying. So yeah, I I, I will say though, um, I get it when when you were talking, you know, being six four two fifty during the pandemic. You know, I'm six foot five myself. Uh, a with my wife's cooking, and B me being a fatty at heart. I got up to two hundred and fifty pounds. I met my wife at one hundred and seventy pounds, and. Mm. Six years later, she had finally fattened me up, and <laughs> she she calls me her second work of art because our cat, which is twenty five pounds, is her first work of art uh, because he's he's big. And she, I was like, you just like your guys fat and happy, huh? That's just what it is. <laughs> Although she she is a little bit upset. I did start working at a warehouse where. On a light day, I walk eight and a half miles a day. And I am now back down to my weight that I met her at, at 170 pounds. And she's like, all my hard work, all my hard work gone in like a month. Like <laughs> that, just, that just means she gets to do it again. I was like, that just, I just, my watch tells me how many calories I burned a day. So let's just plan our meals around how busy I was at work. I'll eat it. There's <laughs> yeah. an I have an amazing superpower. If you put food in front of me, it will disappear. Like that's that's where me it and is. you might me and you might have the same power. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but all right, Colin, I do give every guest this opportunity at the end of the show. 
I'm going to give you about a minute if there's anything you want to get out there uh, with if it's for your paving uh, company or anything like that, or even if it's just a good message, the floor is yours, my man. Thank you. Um, one thing I will say, and this is, this is going to come from anybody that works uh, in the construction industry, especially guys that work on the road like I do. Uh, if you're in a construction area, please do us a favor and put your phone down while you're driving. Um, I know it's a lot of people will just sneak a peek, you know, and it's whatever if you want to, you know, shoot a text off while you're driving. But if you see them orange signs and you see guys out on the road, just do us all a favor and just put your phone down at least until you're out of the work zone. Because there's there's a lot of things that can go wrong real quick. So we would all appreciate it if you would just, uh, just put the phone away for a couple minutes. All right. Hey, I'm not mad at that at all. Absolutely. Public service announcements brought to you here by the Ride Home Rants podcast. Put the damn phones down, people. Like, let's talk about it. I mean, people are on their phones way too much. Uh, I, I get that. Uh, I I say it. I, I hate this generation of people. Uh, just constantly, just face buried in their phone. Everyone was worried about the zombie apocalypse. I feel like we're on it, and it's kids Faces buried in their phones, walking and now driving. And so I get it. Yeah, put the phones down, people. It's a, it's a bigger issue than what people might realize. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. Um, I'm on the road a lot, traveling for shows and everything, so I, I get it. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. I want to thank Colin Big Country Pope for joining the show here today. This was a lot of fun to talk to you, man. And... As always, if you enjoyed the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell them anyways. They might like it just because you didn't. That's going to do it for me, and I will see y'all next week. The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Energy drinks made for gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. For gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. Go to the link in the description where you can find the best energy drinks out there. Less caffeine than a cup of coffee. Also, no jitters and no crash afterwards. Use the promo code MikeBono and get yourself 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my favorite sponsor of the show, and that is Shankit Golf. Golf apparel made for the everyday golfer. We might not go out and shoot a six under par. We're probably going to shoot a six over par. But this is going to give us the gear that's going to help us rock it on and off of the course. Go to the link in the bio. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off there as well.